Ready, sir? Ready? Alright, so, um, we can start with the court case, because I don't really understand what that was about, but we can bring that up first. So, a um, few things we're going to go through today from uh, financial news. First thing is the court case between Westpac and ASIC. Yep. First off, what's ASIC stand for? Uh, Australian Securities Investment Commission, so right. they're like the government regulator for financial services. Okay, so what's the court case about? Yeah, so what happened is um, we had a Royal Commission, um, finished about February 2019, and one of the big issues coming out of the court case was how banks assessed people's ability to repay a loan. Now what banks do is there's a thing called the Household Expenditure Measure, or the HEM, so if you're a single person living in, say, Dubbo, your, um, what the average person would spend would be X per month. And if you're a single person living in, um, I don't know, Two Rack in Melbourne or right. Battery Point in Hobart, you might spend Y per month. Okay. Now, so the banks have got their benchmarks. And what ASIC thought was that rather than just rely on benchmarks to assess someone's ability to repay a loan, they should do a detailed assessment of their living expenses. So go through a couple of months, bank statements, credit card statements, see how they spend their money. Now, the outcome of the case, so it went to court, um, and the op, the upshot is that banks can use it as, as a guide, mm. the household expenditure measure, um, because it's sort of, how you live prior to buying a house is different to how you live after you buy a house. Now, if you've got a mortgage to pay, um, you don't want to lose your house, so you pay your mortgage and you live off the rest of your money. So when you buy a house, you normally spend less money. So um, the the banks do rely on the household expenditure measure, um, but uh, ASIC lost the case. Mm. So how, how it sort of ended up is that um, Banks do have banks and brokers do have to look at, at where you spend your money. They can mm. use the household expenditure measure as a guide, but it's sort of it's a bit up in the air in the moment about what it's gonna how it's gonna play out. ASIC have got to update their guidance on how to assess living expenses, mm. but as we've said in the podcast for the last couple of weeks, the best thing to do for basically anyone is if you want to grow your wealth and you want to get into the market, share market, property market, mm. or just be uh, wealthier generally. You really need to look at where you spend your money and try and trim back your discretionary expenditure. The things that you spend money on that don't add value or they either don't cut your debt or don't allow you to uh, invest in income producing assets like property and shares or even um, managed investments and those sorts of things. So is the general gist of this court case that is, so is Westpac's, is the way that Westpac assesses living expenses when you're going for a loan, is that what it is that they're fighting over? Yeah. I don't completely get yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> now what it was, it was just the the ASIC was saying that the bank could not just rely on a benchmark. They actually had to assess a person's ability to repay a loan. Mm. So, um, you know, if, if someone was spending $4,000 a month, um, that had to be the figure that the loan, their ability to pay a loan was based on rather than just a household expenditure measure which might have been 2500 Okay. So it's still a bit up in the air, but the key takeout for people is your living expenses, trimming them back is the key to being successful. Mm. Um, if you spend money on frivolous things that don't add value to your lot, you know, they, might, they might give you a bit of a kick at the time. It's a bit like a sugar hit. It's a bit like eating chocolate. 
gives you a bit of a sugar hit, but it's probably no good for your long term mm. long term health. Not that I can talk because <laughs> I love chocolate, but yeah, it's just an, an interesting case. It's still up in the air. Yeah. Um, ASIC have decided not to appeal the case. Um, a lot of it's probably to do with the pandemic, mm. and they don't want to put too many obstacles in the road of stopping uh, people who can't afford a loan to be able to borrow money. Mm. But the key thing is that, um, yeah, your bank or your broker should be helping you get your living expenses down before you apply for a loan. If if you if you earn good money, um, you've got a few debts and you've got no savings. Um, and someone says they can get you a loan, you've got to wonder whether they've got your best interests in mind mm. because they should be helping you get on top of your debt, look at your living expenses to, to get them into shape because it's a bit like, it's a bit like when, when you, go on a, uh, you join a gym and you go on a two-month fitness kick yeah. but it doesn't last, that's what you, you, you end up getting worse. Mm. So if you apply that to the way you live your life with and how you spend your money, you want to be what we call financially fit. So that's where you're, you've got your money working for you, you've got good debt rather than bad debt, and you, you're, um, you're watching where you spend your money. Okay, easy. Um, other things we wanted to cover today, so um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of financial advisors and planners have come out over the last week in real estate news talking about being wary of banks offering a low rate. Um, a couple of banks have come out with an interest rate offer for like the first two to three years of the loan. Uh, an interest rate lower than two percent, which is crazy, for like it's it's very rare for and but given the times, their banks are sort of trying to get more business. Um, a lot of people are warning against going into that. Um, what are the reasons? Like why 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 should people be wary of low interest rates? Yeah. So, like most things, when something's really cheap, there's usually a catch. Um, you know, banks are like shops. Yeah, you know, they run specials. They run loss leaders. They have yeah, you know, they have things designed to get you into the store to spend your money. So there's a couple of banks that have come out with rates below two percent. Now most of them have a honeymoon period of a year or so. So you're on the one point nine nine percent for um, a year or so, and then after that your rate goes up to their standard rate, which is normally higher than what you would be able to get a rate for. In the long term mm. so they're banking on getting you into their uh, customer base and you staying there so they can recoup their money off you later mm. so what you need to do when you talk to these banks or talk to your broker is um, most people stay in their loan four to six maybe seven years get them to give you a comparison of the cost of the loan over that period including all the fees, all the charges, those sorts of things. Some of the cheaper banks charge you for valuations, they charge you for settlement, they charge you, you know, annual fees, you know, a fee for doing anything, whereas some of the other mainstream banks might have a bit of a higher interest rate, but you don't pay for valuation, you don't pay for settlement, you don't mm. pay all those extra And those in the interest rate may just cover those fees in the long run. Exactly, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. So right. it's just good to, you know, it's like when... If you, if you walk past Woolies or Coles and they've got you know, the big boxes of Coca-Cola out the front, um, that's designed to get you into the store so you spend more money on other things. Mm. Uh, banks are the same. They want your transaction account. They want a, your insurance. They want your superannuation. They want your credit card and all that sort of stuff. So They want everything under yeah. their roof. Yeah, so right. just, just 
you need someone who can give you an assessment of what the true cost of the loan is. Mm. There was a thing called, and you still see it around every now and then, called a comparison rate. And what it was was a figure which um, told you the true interest rate of a loan over 25 years of $150,000. Now, most loans have got $150,000 now. They're, they're a lot more than that. So your bank or your broker can um, tell you what the true cost of the loan is so you mm. can work out exactly um, how you're doing things. So is that worth, that's worth mentioning again. So if you are looking at a bank because they have a certain interest rate that might seem attractive to you or it's just a bank you like to be with, you would ask for a six-year price comparison, you yeah, can call it. Yeah, I just say, look, what's this, what's this going to cost me over, say, the next four, six, ten years? Okay. Like, what's, what's this loan going to cost me? Because there's a lot of there's fixed rates. Um, a lot of banks offer good fixed rates at the moment. But then what they're banking on is that in two years' time, when you come off the fixed rate, you just go to their standard variable rate with maybe a little bit of a discount. So you might be on a low 2% rate for a year or two. Happy days, that's great. But at the end of that period, you're then on a rate which is probably 1% to 1.5% above their basic variable rate. Mm. And if you don't if you don't know that you can ask them to go on that at the end or you just forget, you get busy, you might get some pay rises, you might have kids might come along, you're just really busy and you just don't notice. Um, you know, your, your apathy just sort of, that's the the loyalty tax that mm. um, the treasurer talks about. But you you just you just don't get around to changing or asking, or you don't think to ask. Mm. So if you go to if you're with a broker though, a broker will a couple of months before your fixed rate period ends start talking to your uh, existing bank about what rate they're going to give the client coming off that fixed rate, and then talk to the client, look at other options maybe. Um, we always like to. It's changing banks is a hassle. So if we can keep a client in a good competitive rate with their current bank, that's a good thing, unless they really want to move. Mm. So, um, yeah, we talked about this before. If you go into your bank, your bank may love you, but they may not have the best deal for you at your point in time. Mm. Because it could be the postcode you live in, the occupation you're in, how much you're borrowing, right. whether you're fixed or variable or you're, or you're splitting a loan. So. Okay. Right. So just I've got some of my own questions about this then too. So if you're with a bank and you get a fixed rate home loan, a fi- that doesn't mean that fix- that rate stays the interest rate for the whole length of the loan. It's usually for a couple of years. Yeah, it's for the fixed rate period. So oh. most fixed rate periods are one to five years. Right. So... Yeah, you know, a lot of at the moment the two and sometimes three fixed rates are the best, mm. and that a lot of that's due to um, the government lending uh, the banks a lot of money at the start of the pandemic mm. for a period of, of a couple of years at really cheap rates with a view of you know lending it to people which they're mm. doing. So, the the fixed rates are quite good at the moment. We're doing a lot of split loans where we might the client might have a loan of say four hundred thousand. And we'll, we'll talk to them about how much extra they think they can pay off in, say, a two-year period. And they might think, well, you know, we could probably pay an extra thirty or 40000 So we'll fix the majority of the loan and we'll have the rest of variable mm. so they can pay that down. Right. Or we'll go to a bank that allows you to make lots of extra repayments. Some, some banks don't like you paying extra 
or much extra when you're on a fixed rate. Others give you more leeway. Mm. So it's about horses for courses. So yeah, okay. if your bank or bro- your bank or broker should be asking you lots and lots of questions about what about your circumstances, about your property, what you want to do right. with it, and all that stuff before they start suggesting loan products. What I've sort of figured out from doing these podcasts with you too. Um, and it sort of translates to a lot of other jobs and services you can have, right? So we've got people that are, we've got friends that are accountants and I know I can do my tax without one. And there's lots of services that say, do your tax on your own. Don't bother going to, and they always advertise this accountant as this old, like haggard looking dude who's just trying to get money from you. But in reality, I'll probably get more tax back if I use an accountant because he knows more about tax and he knows more about things I can get refunds on, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a bit um, like, like I say to people, like, you know, do you do you service your own car? You know, you know most people go to a mechanic. Yeah. You know, do you do your own eye tests and get your own glasses? You know, you go to an optometrist because that's their speciality. Yeah. If you look at most, like, um, Richard Branson doesn't do his own tax. Mm. Um, Oprah Winfrey doesn't fix her own car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, mo- the successful people focus on what they're good at doing and outsource the rest. Yeah. That's, that's just what they do. Um, you know, if, you, if you've got simple, if, you, if you've got simple loan or simple tax affairs, you can probably do it yourself. But mm. it's up to you. It's about, you know, what you want to spend your money on and, yeah. and that sort of thing. For, for a lot of people, um, organising their home loan is just a hassle. It's yeah. just another hassle in their life, so... You know, you've probably got to invest, I don't know, maybe five or six hours of your life in it. But, you know, if working with us can save you a couple of grand a year, so we can save you two grand a year, well, that's, if you've got to invest five hours, it's 400 bucks an hour tax for it. Yeah. This year and the year after and the year after. Yeah. And we're always looking at people's circumstances and how they're changing and new products coming up and all that sort of thing. Okay. Um, what's the other two? Oh, so the other two we wanted to cover, so... Um, it's something that gets harped on quite a bit lately with people being sceptical of it and people not being sceptical of it. And it's still a bit of a weird one to tackle. But again, the news coming through about regional market, um, it's a bit of a confusing one. I don't really know what to think of it because some years, some weeks there's articles saying it's going to be huge and, and other, other weeks people are saying it's just a similar pattern to what we get every couple of years is more people will move out of cities and go out to regional areas but maybe there's more reasons for people to do it now like especially with the idea of what people are looking for in a home is going to change yeah victoria's in another lockdown so that if you're in an apartment building with two kids the living arrangement for that is not ideal for an ep- a pandemic yeah so maybe you're looking to get out to somewhere where you're uh, your money goes further for an, uh, like a property with some land and a house on it with more room and space. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah. That we think that we're sort of in a um, unprecedented time yeah. for, for most things. Standing shoulder to shoulder. Shoulder to shoulder, yeah. But I suppose the thing at the moment, like there was a, um, some research during the week from SQM Research looking at the, um, the vacancy rates in about 55 of the biggest cities that are not capitals yeah. in Australia and what was happening with their vacancy rates. And whereas in Sydney and Melbourne, you know, within say 10 or 15 k's the city, the vacancy rates are t- trending higher. 
in the um, bigger places around the country, Blue Mountains, Newcastle, you know, some of the Sunshine Coast, those sorts of things, the vacancy rates are trending down. So when, when vacancy rates go down, that normally means property prices may improve mm. because the yield, there's more, less vacancies means more competition for properties, which means usually better rents, which means usually better return, mm. which means prices go up. So that's what investors look for who are going for growth and yield. But I think the thing is at the moment, the general feel is that the longer the pandemic goes on and more people get used to working from home and bosses get more used to work having people work from home, that there could be a um, trend where people do move out of cities. Um, you know, if you live in within 20 k's of one of the capitals, um, if you don't have to go to the office, why not live an hour and a half or two hours away from the office yeah. where you get double the house for your money yeah. and probably have some money left over and you have more space, you have a bigger house, you might have some land. Um, there's sort of like the trend towards growing your own veggies you know, maybe having some chooks for eggs and that sort of thing. You know, that that's sort of what could happen, but it's it's hard to know. It really depends. Um, the longer it takes to get a vaccine, maybe that'll that'll impact it. Yeah. Just not, we're just not sure. But at the moment, you know, there are if you're looking to um, if you are looking to invest, um, yeah, do your research. Don't necessarily just look at where you live. Yeah, easy. Last thing, and that sort of covers, we've sort of covered it already, but it's the new home home ownership shift. So um, there's lots of articles been talking about the change in how Australians are going to view their homes. And already now with surveys coming out, the AMP, the AMP home ownership report is the one we've harped on on a few weeks now, but it's the one that there's still, there's still a lot coming out about, is uh, the different, like, change in interest of what people are getting... Uh, they're picking up new hobbies and putting more time into things and talking more about, uh, I guess, yeah, like the the things that people are looking for in as part of like their lifestyle is going to be more mirrored in what they're looking for in their home. So like instead of living somewhere that's, uh, you know, in the city where maybe they'll go outside for exercise, they would rather have some, have a space indoors where they can exercise if they have the... Uh, if they want the opportunity and stuff. So there's things talking about um, Australians will spend more time at home exercising, socialising, dining, working, starting a new hobby or learning online. So there's a lot more, uh, I guess, that it's changing since COVID, people's views on like what what's more important to them, I guess. Yeah. And it's sort of... Yeah, I think more people are thinking about, like if you look at what happened in Victoria and some of the places within Sydney at the moment... And like we're talking, it's August the first now. Mm. Um, if people are locked down, um, you know they can't go out for exercise. They've got to cook more. They're you know they because they're spending more time at home. They start thinking, well, actually, I don't really like that room, so I'll change the room around and that sort of thing. Maybe buy more furni new furniture, maybe paint that sort of thing. Um, they might start a, like their own gardening. They start cooking because they're worried about. You know, they're, they're buying more things in and then cooking rather than going out mm. and that sort of stuff. So there is real there is a real big sort of, whether it's a long-term transition or just a temporary thing because of the pandemic, not too sure. Yeah. Who knows? It's, it's probably a matter of thinking 
just thinking how your strategy can fit in with that and if you're looking to invest um, you know where are the places that are probably going to benefit from this thing if it if it hangs around for a while it's been six months uh, it started it's basically yeah or six because I got back the second second of March yeah so it's uh, five months yeah five months tomorrow so um I suppose the other thing is um, just one of the things I wanted to mention, and this is more for um, people who may be a little bit older. Mm. Um, the banks are asking more questions about retirement mm. for people. Um, so if you're over 40, over 50, and you're looking to refinance or, or buy your first property, um, the banks are really starting to ask more questions about when you're retiring and what your plans are, how much money you'll have, um, whether you're looking to downsize, if you're looking to downsize, whereabouts you're going to downsize to. Because um, the last thing they want is uh, people in their 70s who have a big mortgage who for some reason can't afford it and then have to have to sell their house. Mm. So that's um, just something people need to, need to keep in mind. Okay. And... Um, yeah, it's yeah. good. Well, we can wrap it up there. Um, lastly, I always forget how you quote this. This is all general advice. Yeah, yeah. So just a, this is just a general chat, and just yeah. you know, from what we're seeing happening, and you know, you got to make your own inquiries and get your own get your own teams on board. And um, you know, I always say, if you're looking to get help from someone, always have in the back of your mind what's their motive. Mm. Um, if you go to an open home um, and meet a real estate agent, and they tell you that the property you're looking at is a great investment. Um, how qualified are they to tell you that? Mm-hmm. Um, they are working for the person who wants you to pay as much as possible for that house. Mm. Um, so just yeah, in the back of your mind, if you're invited to a webinar or um, whatever, and at the end of it, you know, you, you're, um, you're told about all these bad things that can happen and then they've got these properties that you can buy into right now that they've got a discount. Um, yeah, you just need someone to make sure you get it checked out because... Um, most of the time, it is too good to be true. Mm. Easy. Um, how can people find you if they're interested in getting in touch? Yeah, cool. So, uh, Money Saver Home Loans, search us on Facebook. We post stuff um, most days, mm-hmm. just educational material to help you, you know, guide your decisions. I'm happy to talk to anyone if they just want to uh, review their position or talk about what they might want to do in the next 3, 6, 12 months or longer. Uh, we're getting quite a lot of calls at the moment from um, like the first home buyer markets picked up quite a lot. I think with the stimulus packages around, around the home builder boost and um, the stamp duty changes that are happening in most in most um, um, states around the country, um, it's quite interesting. And you know, there's first homeowner grants and those sorts of things. Um, also getting quite a lot of. Um, calls from parents whose kids have moved home who are quite keen to help their kids get into the market for the uh, help the family dynamic so um and that's happening all around the place so in the last couple of like the last two weeks we've helped people all around the country so no matter where you live or even if you're overseas and looking to get back into australia or or buy here yeah just just reach out and um if we can't help you we'll put you in touch with someone who can easy beautiful